Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for checking out On The Mark. Got a great show for you today. Wright Thompson, senior writer, ESPN. The cost of these dreams, sports stories, and other serious business. Wright has a new book out, and he's talking about athletes transitioning into regular life and how generally they're just not very happy. One of the guys that Wright has talked to about five years ago was Michael Jordan, who, of course, is my hero, my favorite athlete of all time. And, uh, yeah, I don't think that Mike is a very happy guy. I think he loved playing basketball, but I think it's, you know, he's been on a journey ever since. And Wright's got some really interesting thoughts as to why he ended his career prematurely. I'm going to focus on the second time in 1998 when he clearly could still play. The Bulls had won a three-peat, and yet he chose to walk out the door and sort of how that impacts now. So Wright's coming up, and I'm going to have a conversation with my friend Ethan Blumenthal, who is going to speculate on what Magic Johnson is going to do next with his career as Magic is now becoming Grandpa Magic. He doesn't want to run the Lakers anymore. That was the stunning news from the week. Magic Johnson stepping down a year ago this time. He's on LeBron James's lawn, bringing him to L.A., making deals for Rajon Rondo and JaVale McGee, and we all know how that went for the Lakers. And now Magic punting because he just doesn't want to be a dick, for lack of a better way of putting it, and doesn't want to fire Luke Walden and wants to be able to tweet about Russell Westbrook and just say nice things on Twitter, which was always interesting to me. When Magic would go on Twitter and he would say, you know, this movie was great or this thing was great, and you went into the comments, they were torching him. Go fuck yourself, Magic build a team quit the lakers i mean just killing them comment after comment after comment and i don't know if that had an effect but it certainly didn't help and i think he just got tired of the scrutiny and the pressure and like look you see my bank account and you know i'm in my i getting up there a little bit at least i mean magic's been on quite a journey hiv the whole thing Do I really need to take all this on? So I have no problem with uh, Magic stepping away. I would never say, oh, you're soft, Magic, for not wanting to do this anymore. Live your life, man. You want to be Grandpa Magic and just uh, be a positive guy and not have to deal with the stress? I get it, 100%. Uh, The other thing that's going on this week, Derek Rose, the documentary out at Stadium, and I'm going to do some radio on this and... uh, I've, but just want to get it out there. Always been a huge fan of Derek. He rose from Inglewood, 
one of the toughest neighborhoods that you can possibly come out of in this country, certainly in the city of Chicago. Rookie of the year, MVP, took the Bulls to the Eastern Conference Finals, always humble, and it just bothered me the way this city turned against Derrick Rose because he got hurt. Nothing in his control. I mean, come on. Why are we faulting a guy for not coming back and playing in the playoffs when he doesn't feel comfortable with his body? Soft, lazy. You think that guy didn't want to be out there on the court? He just wasn't confident. And it was better for the Bulls, in my mind, that he takes care of his body and punts on one year, and hopefully he's healthy the rest of the way. Now, it didn't work out that way, but I thought that that was the right play for Rose and the right play for the team. Vincent Goodwill, who I would battle with all the time when he covered the Bulls, now he's doing the national stuff with Yahoo, and he's a Pistons guy, loves Isaiah Thomas, so he would scream about that all the time because... There's no team in the history of sports that I hated more than the Detroit Pistons. But Vinny's the man, and we would have some great conversations. And I thought his con- his comment in the documentary that the segregation in Chicago, the neighborhoods, it all intersected at Derrick Rose. And I think there's a lot of truth in that. You had the people that were supporting Rose certainly mainly people from the neighborhood and then I thought a large contingency of people that like myself who also supported Derek kind of were honoring where he came from and then there was the other side a lot of talking heads getting on there and fans just turning on Derek Rose And to me, there was just always an undertone that was uncomfortable uh, about the people that were turning against him. And I thought it was pretty, pretty clear what I was feeling. And and I didn't like it. Uh, I still don't like it. But I I do get a sort of a sense that that might be changing a little bit. And the scene in the uh, in the documentary over at Stadium, they did a great job with this again, where Rose gets traded, and he's legit crying. I mean, if that doesn't tell you how much this city and being a bull all meant to him, uh, I mean that was his heart right there. So uh, I haven't seen the actually the whole doc yet because they only run it live. So I'll, I'll have. The next running is on Sunday. I'm taping this a couple days before that. But uh, I saw the second half of it in a bunch of clips. And, uh, yeah, highly, highly, highly entertaining. And I'm was i I'm looking forward to seeing the rest of it. Uh, on that note, let's bring in Wright Thompson, senior writer of uh, ESPN, and his, his new book, once again, uh, that we'll talk about here, The Cost of These Dreams, Sports Stories, and Other Serious Business. Going to talk to Wright about Michael and going to talk to him about Tiger uh, as the Masters is going on as well. Here is Wright Thompson. Wright, this is the first time I've ever talked to you. This is a fascinating subject for me. I always wonder how do the great athletes or even the ones that just make it to the NBA or MLB, like what separates them from so many 
that have talent that they actually get to that level and it's about parenting it's about drive it's about all this and now you're trying to unlock whether these people the highly highly successful are actually happy and how they're living their lives after their career is there a singular theme you're finding when you're trying to tell these stories not really although they do end up speaking to each other and fitting together in an interesting way i mean i think i think it's trying to make sense out of this math that most people spend like 45 percent of their lives trying to be something then 10 percent of their life being it then 45 percent of their life having been it and that's really exaggerated for athletes who because when you start playing sports i mean the first time you realize that you're 10 years old and you're better than everyone else on your t-ball team and that the adults treat you different, you might spend the rest of your life trying to chase that feeling, that this is what makes me, this is what gives me value. This is why people like me. This is why people let me do X, Y, and Z. And then you get to 35 if you're lucky, and then it's gone. And I think a lot of people don't even really know who they are. And in many ways, they're still some sort of version of their 10-year-old selves. Right. And then I think a lot of people, athletes, are just your standard person who's going to a regular everyday job. Like we were taught, you work hard and then you retire. But then the reality is you don't really want to sit on the couch, even somebody who's just lived a normal life, let alone a high-performing athlete who's used to getting up and striving every single day. I mean, it's a lot to figure out. Well, I mean, my wife and I talk all the time, and she's very right about this. She's like, you know, you like going on the road to do your job because you're good at it and because you've learned how to do it. And being at home, dealing with the daily grind of life is hard when there's a baby who's sick, when you're up in the middle of the night, when, you know, you're paying bills, when you're, you know, you know, the thousands of little things that add up to a life when I can just go out and do my thing and then everybody tells me I'm great. And so when that's taken away, I think a lot of people struggle to replace it and not just high-performing athletes it's everyone which is why and I'm always fascinated by Michael Jordan I mean I grew up in Chicago right and I, I knew I watched him as a rookie I was 11 years old watched his entire career and I was shocked when he retired at 30 although I thought it related directly to his dad being murdered oh for sure it did right and and but even then in 98 when he retires again and he can still play and he gets in a feud with the Bulls and he's very prideful but I'm sitting there, you love playing basketball. You're never going to get to do, you'll never get that feeling anywhere else. But yet he walked away. And of course he came back again with the Wizards. But like when you sat down with him, what, what did you learn about Michael? That he is very self-aware of the fact that Mike Jordan, a kid from Wilmington, North Carolina, is dead and that Michael Jordan killed him and that he is very aware of the fact that he molded himself very intentionally into this sort of perfect killing machine and, you know, who, you know, loved playing basketball more than anything in the world but hated Jerry Krause more than he loved playing basketball, right? Like, to ask him not to be that person is to not understand how he got to be Michael Jordan in the first place. And so – 
he turns himself into this thing. And now all of those traits that were so carefully sharpened and honed at the expense of so many other traits and things and people and places in his life, now those things are not only useless, they're they're, they're worse than useless because these are the things actively conspiring to keep him from enjoying having been Michael Jordan. And he is hyper aware of that. And to be fair, I saw him several years after the story ran, and we talked for a while, and I think he's much better. Like, I think he's a guy on a journey, and it is it has so far been successful. I think he's way happier now than he was three or four years ago, and will only get happier. See, that's interesting, because I was going to ask you, do you think he's happy? And you're saying that he's sort of settling into his mid-50s yes. life now. And I think it's because he is doing hard, intentional work and thinking about what it means to have been Michael Jordan. And I, I just think, like, people talk about that Hall of Fame speech, and it's interesting because what I think we were really seeing is we want our retired athletes to be reflective and to sort of, you know, be self-deprecating and to appear to be a little bit like us. And he wasn't ready then to stop being Michael Jordan. And... I think what you're finding is a guy who is, you know, hopefully more and more every day becoming comfortable with the fact that he is a different person than he used to be. I loved his Hall of Fame speech. I watch it, I don't know, once every two years. It makes me laugh, makes me cry. I love all of it. It's it's him. I, it, if you're a fan of him, you you can't help but enjoy that. I only got a couple more minutes with you. I want to. How do you think Tiger and Michael compare as far as just their personalities? Well, I mean, I, they just couldn't be more different. I mean, Tiger, I mean, well, Michael is just an extreme extrovert. I mean, Mike isn't, you would like hanging out with Mike. He's fun. He wants to argue sports. He doesn't, he, you can give him crap and he can take it and give it back. Uh, Tiger is an extreme int- introvert. And in many ways, the fact that he got packaged like Michael Jordan was very detrimental to him, probably. Do you think he's, I don't know, where would you say he is as far as his career and coming back and trying to win one more you know, one more Masters, one more uh, major, and, and just being content with his career? I think that he, you know, you got to remember, I think his children, who he adores, they've never seen him beat Tiger Woods. Yeah. And I think he would like that. I don't really think he gives a crap about catching Jack Nicklaus. Like, honestly, I really don't think that he does. Uh, I think he would love for his kids to see him beat Tiger Woods again and to get a glimpse of what Dad was like when he was young and invincible. I, mean, I think that that's what he wants. I think, frankly, we want that because in Tiger Woods' turning back the clock, those of us who are exactly his age – get the sense that it might be possible for us too the book is the cost of dreams sports stories and other serious business right this is awesome work you always do great work but i almost feel like this is next level is that fair well i sure hope so i'm uh, i'm very proud of it appreciate the uh, opportunity to talk to you right and uh best of success with the book thank you so much i appreciate your time 
So there was the conversation with Wright Thompson. We now go back to the biggest story of the week, and that is Magic Johnson saying he no longer wants to coach the Lakers. Didn't tell Jeannie Buss first. Didn't, I don't even know if he told Cookie first, his wife. Just came out there and wanted to talk to Rachel Nichols and everybody and said, I'm quitting. Uh, my man Ethan Blumenthal's here. He's a career specialist and also a budding podcast superstar and uh, has some thoughts on this. Ethan, good to see you. Yeah, a pleasure to be here, Mark. Yeah, and I do have a bunch of thoughts here. So I think, you know, one of the things that sounds like Magic is trying to do is I think he's trying to follow in Michael Jordan's footsteps, and he's going to go and concentrate on some baseball. You know, he's part owner of the Dodgers, and if he wanted to try his hand at playing baseball, I think he'd give the Birmingham Barons kind of a big spike in in attendance, just like Jordan did way back in the day. So it's interesting, because he hasn't mentioned baseball, but it is baseball season, and... I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I do believe that uh, Birmingham is not drawing as well as when Michael was there. I believe that's correct. I actually do have the numbers right in front of me, and it's 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 the telltale sign. It's right there. The writing's on the wall, and so I think that you know, as professional podcasters here, Mark, you know, we got to look in between the lines. And when I saw Magic, when I saw him do that, you know, that interview with Rachel Nichols, and you know, tell all the press and everything, I think it was pretty clear that he, in his in his eyes, I could see he was thinking, I got to go try my hand at baseball. See. I want to be like Magic, where I don't necessarily have the skills to do any job, but yet they love me so much and I'm so charismatic that I just get hired. I don't. I don't think I. I mean, I. Just, I'm not that guy. People don't like me, but I want to be that guy where you know I walk into a thing. You know what, Carm? You should be mayor. I mean, are you that guy? I, I like to sometimes think I'm that guy, you know, uh, but maybe maybe I'm not. But it's uh, yeah, it's pretty cool to be to be Magic and who, and who he is and and the fact that you know I don't know if you know this, but part of the other reason I think that he wanted to you know quit this job is because every year he goes on a family vacation with Samuel Jackson and his family. And they do like a five week huge cruise to Italy, cost a couple million dollars, and you know he thought maybe if he was going to still be the team president, he'd have to miss out on that. So, well. I would kind of argue that wasn't he already just doing that five week yacht cruise? He's not doesn't seem like he was working too much. I feel like you maybe you're right, but I think maybe he was thinking it was going to have to be more like four and a half weeks, and really oh, okay. wanted to last half a week there, you know, to really. And every time, listen, every time that I've ever, you know, had to had to keep working instead of going on a five week vacation for three million dollars, I, I always am pissed that I have to keep working instead of doing that. Am I detecting any jealousy here to Magic and the money? I I I'm I Ethan Bloom. I'm going to sit here in this studio with you and tell you that, yes, I am jealous of Magic yep, Johnson's yep. success and uh, all of the great things that he's been able to accomplish. Yeah, me too. Me too. Was your, like, my favorite Magic gig that I didn't understand how it didn't work out was the talk show. Like, when he would run out there, smile at you, I thought that was great. I think it's just because he doesn't have what we have, you know what I mean? Like that we we run out here and we get to do a talk show and then listen and people want to listen to us. See, if there was podcasting back when Magic was doing his talk show, mm-hmm. Magic would have had an incredible podcast that he would have probably done like once every six months or something. Kind of like this podcast, actually. <laughs> exactly. And then we would have we would have been sitting here, instead of talking about Magic retiring from the uh, Lakers front office, we'd be sitting here talking about the legend that is Magic Johnson as a podcaster. Right. He might right. have become more known as a podcaster than he was as a point guard for the Lakers. You could have podcasted the Magic podcast from Starbucks, from his movie theaters. Mm-hmm. I mean, the man's a businessman. You could have done it at Dodger Stadium. I mean, he this all this came after but just it could have grown into you know so many options 
I, I couldn't agree more. Magic Magic Johnson Enterprises. That's what right. he's got going on here. Why don't why don't you have a Mark Carmen Enterprises? When's that coming out? Uh, well, and uh, what would be your first business venture? You know, obviously besides the successful podcast. I was thinking, um, you know, not not super outside the box, but like Carm delivery services. And I know there's Uber out there and Lyft and you know different people just showing up old school and working for individual restaurants whatnot. But I think I could provide a service where I do a talk show along the way so I pick up your food and then I call you and then we have a conversation and then I deliver the food. Can I tell you something? I I don't like that idea. I love it. <laughs> you do really? That's that's an amazing idea. I think we should be doing that right now. Why aren't we in a car right now? We should do this podcast in a car. We're driving. We should drive Uber or drive Carm. If you want to start that app, I think it's a little more complicated than probably we think it is. Yeah. We start that. We do the podcast. You know, every guest is our guest that we have that we're taking to uh, to where he's got to go. So we set up the camera. In the car, you get the phone, little setup, the doohickey. Everybody knows mm-hmm. how to do that. Yeah. And then we call them. Maybe it's FaceTime. We record that. Absolutely. We have the audio too. Next thing you know, you know, we're we're doing the Magic Johnson, Samuel Jackson yacht cruise. Yeah, yeah. We should not release this podcast right now because we're giving away our idea right now. And I want to go on that cruise with you. I almost did. Do we really hit on something? I think we might have hit on something. I think we might have. I mean, that's a good idea. <laughs> that's innovative. You know, it's unique. You know, it, it covers a lot of bases there. Right. And then you could do things like when I was a delivery driver back in the day, I would get hungry sometimes. I one time I took the, the little square uh, pizza in the in the middle of it and ate the pizza. And then delivered it, and then they called up Piero's Pizza. This was on the Danny Parkins podcast, and uh, they're like, they couldn't believe there was a piece of pizza meeting missing. And then the guy who owned Piero's Pizza is like, "Did you eat a piece of the pizza?" And I, of course, said, "No, I didn't eat a piece of the pizza. Who the hell would it ever just, do that?" It just came like that. They just happened to make this pizza, and there's nothing in the middle. It's like a bagel, right? They, they, they got to be lying, and so I got away with it. But like, maybe you could, we could troll them on the podcast video. Like, I could be eating their food on the way. Do you mind if I have a piece of your pizza? And then they probably would say yes. Yeah. Well, once we're once we're famous, because then they're gonna take. You know, we'll be on TMZ with the, with our crews, and we're right. gonna be going through Italy, and there's gonna be I don't know millions of dollars involved here, and we're gonna have a really good time. I don't know what kind of food you like. To eat, but I think we can just have a little bit of everything. We'll be we'll have a pretty good time. I'm down. Sushi. You want to? You want to order Mickey D's? I yeah. eat it. You know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, steak sounds good to me as well. Right. Um, I mean, we're we're living the dream right now. I feel stupid for being in this podcast studio. We should be on a cruise right now. Okay, but we're, well, at least we're holding vision for that. We exactly, got we, 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 exactly. we got that. Do we have any other gigs that uh, for Magic before we get out of here? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, that's all I have. I, is, I, is I, I know you've got a lot of stuff. I here. do have. I do have a lot of stuff for Magic. So uh, first of all. Uh, a couple different things here. Um, let's uh, let's play a little game, a little segment. Uh, let's uh, setting up for failure. Okay, let's take some other famous people here. Okay. okay, and see what famous people we could take and have them put them in a position that we know that they would really suck at. Okay, I'll go. I'll go first and give you one. Okay, Bill Gates working at Apple. Okay. Yeah. A big conflict of interest there. Microsoft, Apple. What do you think about that? I think he'd actually transition nicely and, and kind of be, you know, he'd walk right in there and they'd be like, oh, you know more than us, you're Bill Gates, and they'd kind of create some space for him. But you're thinking that'd be awkward? 
I do think it would be a little awkward. I mean, I feel like you know, there's two of the biggest companies in the world competing. You never know, though. I guess I'll I'll call up Bill Gates now that you know we we've made it. You and I have made it. I'll call him up and I'll just tell him, you know, uh, you know, ask him what he thinks. Okay. All right. If you you got Gates on the on the. Yeah, on the, on the, on the, on the yeah, on the celly, yeah. yeah okay. we, we go way back. Okay, that's cool. uh, next, I'm going to go with Conor McGregor, Conor McGregor as a third grade English teacher. Ooh, how do you think Conor McGregor would do with well, that? See, well, see, I think the kids would like him and they pay attention, but they wouldn't learn a whole lot. I think, first of all, have you ever heard him? I mean, you've obviously heard him say anything, right? I mean, it's, it's hard to understand him. It is. It's a little difficult. Yes. And I think that he'd be bad at any job that he wasn't explicitly allowed to talk, um, you know, mad smack about everyone else that he was working with, including the kids. Yeah, and he likes profanity in he, a, a lot. Yeah, so if he couldn't, you know, motherfuck the kids, that, that'd be pro- that, that, that's not going to be easy for Connor. Exactly, exactly. And I could just see him, you know, roasting these guys when he get when the, when the kid gets up there to make a little presentation. He's roasting them. He's talking shit. And I think that, that he's going to get a call from that kid's parents. He, yeah, no, that's that's not going to go well. I would agree. That's that's a rough look. But and, almost as similar as Magic being the president of the Lakers when you know he's not going to work and or a talk show host and or the head coach. Right. I, I love Magic, by the way. I really do. He doesn't. He's he's a who doesn't. He's a, you know, he's I, a, got a big smile, great smile. I, I'd hire him to host this podcast. He'd definitely be doing better. You'd hire him over me? Uh, well, no, I am, I'm over, hiring over myself. Okay. I didn't even put you in the equation. Don't don't. Yeah, I don't want. I don't want you to get offended here. Either. Yeah, no, I, I just figured I'd cancel my own thing here, and you know, but it's respectable. I, yeah, but but I would hire him over you too. No question. <laughs> okay. No, no question. All right. Well, I, you know, Lisa, I think every every good relationship is built on honesty. So thanks for being honest with me. No problem. My last, my last one that I would say it would be: Are you a Game of Thrones fan? I'm working on that. Oh my goodness, where are you? Are you at? Where are you? I, I, I don't give any any spoilers. I mean, I'm caught up, but no, no, I'm, I'm I've never watched one episode other than I've like see. I, yeah. I, I work around people who. Winter is coming. Dot net is uh, my guy Dan Selkie, who I work with at mm-hmm. Fansided. He's I, I hear about it all the time. But I, I'm, 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 I just, I, I've, I've missed the whole thing. Maybe I'll get, maybe I'll get in there. But go ahead. There's time. There's time. So the writer. So if you watch the first couple of seasons, especially the first like one or two seasons, there's a ridiculous amount of gratuitous sex and gratuitous violence. Just, I mean, it's like it's like softcore slash hardcore porn mixed with just like the goriest Tarantino movie that you could have. So I think that if George R. R. Martin decided to try to write some children's books, I think that he'd have some trouble. Ooh, similar to the way that Magic Johnson had trouble running the Lakers. No, I'm f- I'm familiar with George R. R. Martin's work. I love the double R there. Do you know what the double R stands for? Really, really good. At yeah, writing. there you go. That's that's probably it. That, I don't know. That sounds right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't think that um, Magic or George R. R. Martin writing the children's books. It's got to be Magic, right? Yeah. Oh, oh, I would pick Magic over George R. R. Martin to do that. Magic or George R. R. Martin to write the Game of Thrones sequel, whatever's going to be there. I'm probably going to give that one to George R. R. Martin, though. It's taken him a long time. Right. The guy's been hesitating, right? Nobody yeah. knows what's going on. I right. go. I personally would go Magic. Mm. Magic or Conor McGregor, third grade school teacher. I mean, I would want to see Conor McGregor do it, but I think Magic would probably do a better Magic job. Magic would do a great job. Every he kid would, would be great. They would be, He, he yeah. could give him gum. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about how good Magic would be there. George R. R. Martin or Magic Johnson to run the Lakers. Oh, I mean, you got to go back to Magic. I see. I see. The thing is, we already know. We already know he, he yeah, failed no, at I, it. You I, know, he yeah, had to guess, step down. Yeah, you got to go George R. R. That's kind of painful. 
I mean, I'm a magic guy. Yeah, I'm, we're, all, we're all magic guys, but this is a this is the life that we have to live now. All right, I think we solved everything. We we got a we got a new uh, gig. Don't steal it. The delivery driver podcast, and uh, I don't know what what do we got for magic next? Do we figure that out? I think he'd just be a greeter at Walmart. Honestly, he doesn't need the money. He loves people. He just wants to say hello to everyone. I know he'd want to be on his phone a little bit too much, but if you if you walked in a Walmart and you knew that Magic, would, I mean, I think he'd enjoy himself. I'll be the first one to say it. If Magic Johnson was at the local Walmart, wherever that is here. I'd go to that Walmart you, today. You, I'd go right now. I'd run from this studio and I'd go, hey, I'd go see Magic. And he'd greet me and I'd greet him and it'd be a good Walmart experience. Yo, Magic's at a Walmart. It's about an hour out. You, we need some milk. You want to go hit it up? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, right? Why not? Walmart's got cheap milk anyways, too. So Yeah, know, it's good value. Cost, of gra- cost, cost for gas, you know, cost from Walgreens getting the milk. I think it's a good all around. It'd be worthwhile. Anything good stuff. The best. Thanks so much. We really enjoyed it. All right, team. Thank you for listening. Thanks to uh, Wright Thompson, senior writer, ESPN. Thanks to Magic Johnson for giving us some content. And, uh, yeah, hope you enjoyed the podcast. Please subscribe. Say something nice. Please don't say anything mean. That would be bad for me. So be nice. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you next week as uh, this thing's coming out every week now. So be excited. Thanks for listening. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.